Dun, dun, dun. Everyone well? That's good. Everyone's quiet. Your football team must have lost. Mine did. By 10 goals or something. Yeah, it's okay. God's teaching me patience through the Western Bulldogs. What can you do? Um, I, I'm going to attempt to speak about something today that's really so simple, but God, I think, has been unpacking some truths, some revelation for me, possibly, in and around that. And, and I think the reality of what I want to speak, to speak about only exists in the context of knowing who you are as a son and daughter of God, knowing that you're an ambassador of the king, knowing that you're seated in heavenly places. If you still consider yourself a sinner that's been saved by grace, then this, this is going to be really hard for you to grab hold of because we were all sinners saved by grace. But once we were saved by his grace, we are no longer sinners. Sinners can't enter heaven. Hey, hello? Sinners can't enter heaven. So we were sinners saved by grace, but now we're daughters and sons of the king, ambassadors for him. We represent heaven here on earth. Yeah, so our mindset has to live in that place and space. And if we don't live there, then this stuff might be a little bit confusing and a little bit hard. But I'm going to do my best, yeah? It also works best in the context of family when we've got people that will walk with us and that will journey with us, that will carry burdens with us, yeah? It only works in that place. So today I want to talk about forgiveness. It's cool, yeah? Oh, wow. And my wife, if she was here, she knew I was talking about forgiveness. Anyway, she's not, so praise God. Good time to talk about it. She has to forgive me a lot. <laughs> anyway, we're going to pray that the Spirit of God will move. And then we'll go from there. Before I do that, Grace, I know you're still painting and going at it, but is there a particular thought behind the painting that you'd like to share? No, fierce is, I don't mind fierce. But. So here's his Father God, and that's why he's purple and white and all that sort of stuff. So Lion of Judah, Father God. Um, and underneath, which may not happen today, there's a, a baby lion, a lion cub, and it's wrapped up in its... It's very secure and held very securely. And it's two things. So there's the natural part of that, like that's us, held in Father God and able to be at rest and all of that sort of stuff. But the, father, the baby cub actually has to grow up into the likeness of the Father God. That's good. I like that. No, good work, Grace, because I wrote here, I want us to discover how much Papa loves us because Father God's plan was to use us. This is what I've just written. I'm just reading what I've written. To bring us back into right relationship and then to use us so I love the idea of the baby cub, yeah, and, come, and becoming him. And then to use us to complete and fulfill what he had intended from the beginning. And I underlined this. He had a problem with us. He had a problem with his creation, yeah. And so he chose to solve his problem with us, with us. <laughs> Isn't that confusing? Oh, this is going to be a fun morning. So he chose to solve his problem with us, with us. Amen? We better pray in that space. Father, have your way. Make it clear. Bring clarity. But Lord God, more than anything else, make us more and more 
like your son Jesus, that we would forever be transformed into his likeness, that we would truly be the salt of the earth and the light on the hill. Lord, challenge us in a way that leaves us, I think the best word is, changed and scarred and touched forevermore, that we will never be the same because we've had an encounter, another encounter with you. So we love you. We love you. We love you. We love who you are. We love whose we are. And we love what you want to do in our hearts today in Jesus' name. And everybody said? All right, so if you're ready, we're going to jump into the Old Testament to begin with, and we'll see how we go. So Ezekiel 22.20. Ezekiel 22.20 reads, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. The context of that particular passage is mankind was doing, the Israelites were doing what they've always done, stuffing up. They were mucking up. They were wrecking stuff. They just weren't living the way God had intended them to live, yeah? And so in that place, here, when it's talking about land, you've got this this word that's coming from God that says, I need someone to stand in the gap on behalf of the land so I won't destroy it. When he's talking about destroying the land, he's not just talking about the grass and the trees, yeah? He's talking about everything that's on the land. I need someone to stand in the gap, otherwise I'm going to wipe things out. I'm 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 going to clear the slate. I'm going to have a brand spanking new canvas, yeah? So God's looking for someone that would stand in the gap so he wouldn't have to destroy the land and everything on it. Now, you and I know, or most of us here know that he sent Jesus. Is that okay? Yeah, if you don't know he sent Jesus, then we probably should sit down and, and talk. I guess we're a Christian church and he sent Jesus to die on a cross. Amen. Yeah? So 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is one God, one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. Yeah? He is the answer. But he's also only part of the answer for God's solution that God had decided on. His answer doesn't work without Jesus. Unless he sends Jesus, nothing that God had planned would work. But that was the beginning, yeah? That was the beginning of what God had planned. Now, for those of you that know your Bibles, in the Bible, the heavens were made for God, okay? Heavens were made for God. And the earth was made for man, Genesis. Now, God still has this problem from Ezekiel where he's looking for someone to step into the gap where he wants to wipe out and destroy the land, the earth that he made for man, yeah? So what does he do? He sends Jesus to die on a cross, yeah? Simple. Sends him to die on a cross to bring us back into right relationship with him, to restore what was lost, what we were robbed from, being able to walk and talk with the the creator, the living God. Now, one of the other things that was, was lost is in Genesis 1. See, God gives us dominion on the earth. Genesis 1 talks about that. The fish in the sea, the birds of the air, all of that sort of stuff. Every living creature, in fact, it says in Genesis 1, that he's given us dominion over. Now, I've got to paint and draw this and create this foundation for us. So in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, we're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Luke 19, he is God now restoring through Jesus one of the things that was stolen from the beginning, yeah? I've given you authority now. So we had authority. He'd given us dominion over everything. 
We'd lost that when we lost our relationship with him. And now he's restoring that through his son, Jesus. And it says, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, to overcome all the power of the anything of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. He's giving us the authority that was ours from the beginning back. Okay? So now, you and I have become the chosen, delegated authority here on earth. You and I have become the chosen, chosen by God, delegated authority here on earth. He's given it to us, given it back to us. So we've got that. But he's still looking for somebody to stand in the gap so he doesn't have to destroy the land, right? John 20, 21 to 23. This is where God starts unpacking. This is where this cycle begins, yeah? John 20, 21 and 23. And again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. Doesn't matter what version you look at. Doesn't change the wording, by the way. Yeah? If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. So God's looking for someone to stand in the gap so he doesn't have to destroy mankind because they're mucking up. And he says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. I've got a problem with my creation. I've got a problem with mankind. So I'm going to use mankind to help mankind. I'm going to give them back authority over everything. If, any, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. Now, let's be clear. We're not, we're not God. And I'm not trying to give us a God complex. Right, let's not, I'm not going into any sort of heresy here, right? You, you could have a look at any sort of commentary on that particular passage of Scripture, and no one is clear on what that, in fact, means. Hey? How do you love that? doesn't matter who you read. Who you listen to, no one's clear on what that means. Some suggest what it means is that when we share our faith, because he's just said, peace be with you, as we share our faith, and I share it with Sal, and I share, she can experience the peace that I've got, and because in that place as I share my faith, she's actually accepted the gospel, and so she's saved because she's accepted Jesus. Some draw that into that passage, Yeah. Because you've shared in that place. It doesn't say that. It just says, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. So I want to unpack that a little bit. Is that all right? Seeing I've got a lot of blank looks and people thinking, oh my goodness, we're God. And others are thinking, no, we're not. So as children of God, we're called to love one another. The children of God are called to love on the children of God. Full stop, yeah? By this all men will know that you're my disciples when you love one another. So now we have to understand this. He is sending us not just to love one another, but he's sending us to forgive just as he, Jesus, was sent to forgive. Yeah? We're being sent in his place. We will do even greater things than he did, the Bible says. At any point that you're not happy with this, just rip the page out of the Bible and you don't have to read that passage again, yeah? He was sent to forgive. But I guess the question we've got to ask was, how does he forgive? 
Like, how does he forgive? And I love this because forgiveness is so difficult in life. It is just so... It, it's, it's, it, it's brainstakingly difficult. Our kids don't get it. We don't get it. Sometimes we give it, sometimes we don't. Hebrews 8, 12. This is how God forgives. As he sent Jesus, he's sending us. This is how he forgives. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Isaiah 43.25 Even I am he who blots out transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Now I love this because he says he'll forgive our wickedness and he'll remember our sins no more. Here's my question for you theologians. Is God perfect? It's not a trick question. Is God perfect? Yes. Does forgetting stuff sound like perfection? If you're forgetful, like, think about it, you've forgotten. Does that sound anything like perfect? Well, it's not perfect, Stephen. It's not perfect. See, if Papa's perfect, does he forget things? No, he doesn't. He doesn't forget things. We've got to understand the enormity of his love. See, so many people read the pages on the Bible exactly the way it's written, and they never experience all that God has for them. When it says that he forgets our sins, God's God. He knows everything. He's not stupid. He didn't wake up today and think, oh, I forgot what Andrew did. Oh, I think he yelled. No, I can't remember what he did. No, no, I don't remember that. God's not like that. He's not. You have to let me get there, Esther. Trust me. Because there's other... Totally. Because there are other scriptures that say he, he forgets. And others, there are, there are whole, there's a whole myriad of stuff around Christianity where people believe that God forgets, forgets in the fact that he doesn't remember. So we've got to articulate the doesn't remember. If we just say that, I, my kids ask me all the time, Dad, do you remember when I did this? I don't remember. I've forgotten. Most of us have moments in our life where we don't remember something. So where I want us to go is the fact that it's not that God doesn't remember. It's not that it doesn't exist. It's that because of his love for us, he chooses every single day not to remember. So the reason that I needed to make a really clear point with that is because it says that as he sent him to forgive, he then sends us out to forgive. Yet if all of us here are to be totally honest with the stuff that we've experienced in life, with the pain and the hurt, the things that have come our way, the things that people have said and done against us, we struggle with the notion of forgiveness. Because forgiveness is far more than 
just saying, I forgive you. It's choosing every single moment of every, regardless of the offense, not to remember. Yeah? That's what it's like to be like him. He doesn't just forget that, I don't remember what they did. He chooses not to remember every day. So I believe God is totally perfect. And Father God loves us so much that every single day, with every person across the globe that has called his name, that's alive, passed away, those that are still coming to him, he chooses every day not to remember their transgressions against him. And then he sends us out saying, I'm looking for somebody to stand in the gap so that I don't have to destroy every mankind because they're just... It's a wicked and dying world, isn't it? So can, I guess the question is, can God remember our sin, our past? Can he? Yes, absolutely. He can remember it if he chooses to. He's God, but he chooses not to. He chooses not to remember something. He chooses every day not to remember. He chooses not to out of love, mercy and grace. He, he has promised not to bring back or drag back up our sin, our frailties. Yeah? He has chosen and promised not to do that. And in choosing not to remember, he makes our relationship with him possible. It's only in this place that our relationship with him is possible. He blesses us. He loves us. He cherishes us. See, if we're going to be like him and the mandate that we've been given <laughs> is to be like him, those that we forgive, their sins are forgiven. And I'll, I'll unpack a couple of other scriptures. Danny Silk has a quote, and it's this, the evidence of my forgiveness is my willingness to bless and cherish. Yeah? The evidence of my forgiveness is my willingness to bless and cherish. It's choosing not to remember whatever that thing is every single moment of every single day. So he's Father God looking for someone to fill the gap so he doesn't have to destroy the land. He makes you and I a brand new creation and he makes us and gives us back. He makes us the delegated authority here on earth. And then he sends us out to forgive people in the same way that he forgave us. That's what the scripture says. He sends us out physically to stand into the gap, to, to be his hands and feet extended, to be his mouthpieces, to live out his love, his grace and his forgiveness. To share the gospel in a world, not just through speech, but in action, yeah? None of us were designed to carry the burden of unforgiveness. None of us. We are not designed to carry that. It's, it's not our weight to carry. It's not our burden to carry. And in fact, it's too heavy. But by forgiving others as he's forgiven us, those that have been forgiven... They get to experience the love of the Father 
like nothing else. When we choose to truly forgive someone, someone that we are carrying an offence, someone that's hurt us, said something, whatever, when we choose to forgive them, when we choose not to remember, all of a sudden they are meeting God. They are flat out meeting God in that place. They are at a place where they can encounter and experience him because we're choosing not to remember. Now, I'm not talking about salvation. You and I, we can't save people. Yeah? We can certainly share the gospel. The Spirit of God will do what the Spirit of God has to do. We can't save people. That's their choice to accept Jesus. Only Jesus saves. But they can experience his love and we choose to forgive them. Yeah? As we ourselves have been forgiven. So by choosing every day not to remember the offence, not holding that thing against them, we are probably the only gospel that they will ever see. Yeah? I reckon that's pretty cool. The reality, though, is forgiving others can be the hardest thing that we probably ever face in life. Like, it's just hard. Depending on the pain, depending on the hurt, depending on what they've done, it is just simply hard. But the pain of living with bitterness and unforgiveness, that can and does, that poisons your soul. It can destroy us. So when we forgive others, we're, we're not saying that what they did was okay, but we're releasing them to God, yeah? We're flat out releasing them to God. When we choose not to remember, we bring them to a place where they can discover the reckless love of God, the, the, the love that chases us down, yeah? The, the love that fights until we're found, yeah? The love that leaves the 99 for the one. So when the scripture says in Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you, yeah? Think about it. Someone's let you down. You could have been as in childhood. Someone's said all manner of evil against you. Told you you couldn't play football. Told you you couldn't cook. Your spouse has pulled you down your whole life. Whatever it is, the hurt, you, you know, they've hurt your feelings deeply. You've been, your, your, tr your trust has been totally betrayed. They, they did to you what should never even have been imagined as a thought. Hurt that makes you mad. Hurt that makes you vengeful. Hurt that eats away at your soul. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. We forgive fully by choosing not to remember. And we know that we're forgiven that person when we're willing to bless and cherish. That's how Father God did it. That's how he asks us to do it. It's, it's not easy. And I guess that's why he sent Jesus. His plan was always to use us. But for us, we need to be empowered by him. I, I love the way he did that. I need someone to step in the gap because mankind are freaking me out. So I'm going to use mankind to step in the gap, but I can't use mankind to step in the gap because they're frail, they're weak, they're broken. I know what I'll do. My ultimate plan, I'm going to send my son to restore back into right relation mankind so now they're no longer sinners saved by grace. Now they're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, ambassadors here in heaven, yeah? 
I'm now going to send Jesus to empower them so they can do what I wanted them to do from the very beginning. I love the way he works. So he sent his son Jesus for those of us that are willing to accept all that he's done for us. And then he transforms us. Doesn't the Bible say that he transforms us into his image with ever-increasing glory? Yeah? So now we can forgive as he forgave. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be tough. It would have been hard for God to send his son Jesus to the cross. It would have been a really difficult thing to do. And for you and I, it's supposed to be impossible to forgive those impossible moments outside of Jesus. That's what's so brilliant about God's plan. He needs someone to step in the gap and so he chooses the very thing that he wants to save, that he's upset with. <laughs> we ask him into our lives, he empowers us. And as we forgive, choosing not to remember because of his example, he then chooses to forgive. And, and I think if we could grab hold of, of, of some of that, we begin to realise the wonderful privilege that he's given us as his sons and daughters to be able to forgive others. Yeah? Like it's just mind-blowingly awesome, wonderful, the authority and the privilege and the honour that he's given us, yeah? But now, it, now it, it, it gets even a little bit more difficult because if it's not hard enough to, to forgive others, particularly depending on some people have been horrifically done by, if that's not enough, what about Matthew 6, 14 and 15? For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Wow. Now, now we're in a conundrum, aren't we? Now we're stuffed. We should just pack up our bags, go home, have a roast. This is too hard. This Christian life's just way too hard. I know where there's a roast going. Who wants to come? I just might invite a few people. <laughs> He's saying, so wonderful is the honour and privilege that I've given you. So much power in the ability to forgive, yeah? But just so that you know, as you forgive others and you choose not to remember, as you choose not to bring up their past and hold it against them, I'm going to forgive you. And hey, if you can't forgive them, that's a shame. I was really giving you an opportunity just to be like me. So if you can't forgive others, don't stress it. I just won't forgive you. Scripture's really clear. Exceptionally clear. It's like he's saying there's one outcome here. It's a good outcome. I've given you an example. I've sent you forth to do it. I've empowered you. My spirit, Holy Spirit lives in you. Now be Jesus to a lost and dying world. And like, um, what do you call a baby lion? Cub, thanks, I wouldn't have known. I would have said a calf or something. So just like the cub that we can't see, yeah, we're supposed to become like our father. We are supposed to become like our father because we are made in his image. I love that painting. What an appropriate time to paint that. I want us to watch this video, um, a really short one, from a movie that, that Mel and I and the boys watched last night. And uh, this morning, God reminded me of a particular scene, and so I just popped it into Google, and there it was, the exact scene, the exact time, everything that I needed. 
and I, on YouTube. Bingo, like God's so good, the God of Google. So let's just watch this really quickly um, because it helps make a point for all of us. I don't know what's happening to me, man. I do. You're not the loser you were when you first got here, Willie. You're just not used to being a winner. <laughs> My father said I was a waste of his time and his money. Your father was a loser, Willie. My old man was the same way. He spent so much time telling me I was no good, telling me it was nothing. I believed him. And why are you so pissed off all the time? Apologies in advance. <laughs> yeah. It's probably got something to do with it. I know how you feel, Willie. You get to the point where you expect to screw up. You expect to fail. If we want to win, we got to let him go. Forgive him and move on. Forgive him. Forgive him. Otherwise, we give him too much power over us. And they don't deserve it. Well, how long it take you to forgive your dad? thought that when we haven't moved into that place that God calls us to move into to be like him to forgive others the thought that if we don't do that we give them too much power over us yeah, too much control over our own lives um, gridiron gang it's a little bit of violence in it just putting it out there <sighs> I said earlier to forgive others can be the hardest thing that we may ever face in life truly the hardest thing that we may ever face in life because of the hurt because of the pain because of the memory and that's why we need to be like father god why we need to be like papa and choose not to remember yeah and the other part of the forgiveness that can be super tough and that's to forgive ourselves yeah because we struggle on both sides of the fence just one of them is obvious the other one's not so obvious you know, I heard Bill Johnson say it like this. He asked a man um, if he would criticise somebody else and condemn and curse them to God's judgement. And that person goes, no, I wouldn't do that. And so Bill Johnson asked him, he was sharing this in a, in a sermon that I was watching. He goes, so why do you do it to yourself? It's the same sin, unforgiveness. It separates us. You can understand, unforgiveness. If we can't forgive others... He won't forgive us. 
If we can't forgive ourselves, it separates us from Father God. And as we forgive, he forgives. As we don't forgive, he doesn't forgive. I want to read this small passage from Max Licato because I'm finishing up and I'm going to ask the worship team to jump up in a moment. And it's from his book, God Came Near. And he writes, he chooses not to remember. And, and these scriptures are part of his writing. Yeah? As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Psalm 103.12, Hebrews 8.12. They'll get to know me by being kindly forgiven with the slate of their sins forever wiped clean. Isaiah 1.18, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. And he continues his writing and he says this. Now, I, I want you to sit with this because I think if we're going to be a church that's open, that's honest, that's transparent, yeah, that is going to come from a place of brokenness that we can experience breakthrough, there needs to be some reality to who we are, yeah? Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean your life's all together. But there are things that God's given us to so we can put it together. And he writes this, he says, No, he doesn't remember, but I do. You do. You still remember. You're like me. You still remember what you did before you changed. In the cellar of your heart lurk the ghosts of yesterday's sins, sins you've confessed, errors of which you've repented, damage you've done, your best to repair. And though you're a different person, the ghosts still linger. Though you've locked the basement door, they still haunt you. They float to meet you, spooking your soul and robbing your joy. With wordless whispers, they remind you of moments when you forget whose child you were. That horrid lie, that business trip that took you away from home, took you so far away from home. The time you exploded in anger, those years spent in the hollow of Satan's hand. That day you were needed but didn't respond. The date, that jealousy, that habit. Poltergeists from yesterday's pitfalls. Spiteful spectres that slyly suggest, are you really forgiven? Sure, God forgets most of our mistakes, but do you think he could actually forget the time that you... As a result, your spiritual walk has a slight limp. Oh, you're still faithful. You still do all the right things and say all the right words. But just when you begin to make strides, just when your wings begin to spread and you prepare to soar like an eagle, the ghost appears. It emerges from the swamps of your soul and it causes you to question yourself. Can I have the worship team up? Please. And I want us to play around um, at your feet and I will fall at your feet. Self-condemnation in life is often considered humility, yeah? But it's, it's nothing more than deception. It's nothing more than deception. And so today, today, each and every one of us today, it's, it's that time to draw the line in the sand, not as a starting place, but as a reminder of what we don't want to ever go back to, yeah? Today, we, I, I want to open the altar. And, and when you guys are ready, just start playing on the keys, Ollie, please. Today is the day that we're going to step forward and fill that gap on behalf of God. Yeah, We're going to pray for the strength and the wisdom and the courage to forgive those that we know that we've got unforgiveness towards.
But for those of us struggling to forgive ourselves, and you may not even see it as unforgiveness, but you know when those moments are there when you're alone and you have those questioning thoughts in your head that we all have, each and every one of us, it's time to stop, yeah? It's time to show us the same grace that Father shows us. It's time to sit in His love and forgiveness, yeah? And the same love and forgiveness that we so freely give to everyone else, it's time for us to give that to us. It's time to undeceive ourselves into breakthrough. It's time to cherish and bless others. It's time to cherish and bless ourselves. Why don't we all stand? I'm going to ask everyone to be so sensitive to the moment. No coffee machine, whoever's on coffee machine, yeah. I want you to be sensitive to the moment. And as they sing, sing with them. But if you know there's an area of your life that you want to overcome, that you want to step into that place of forgiveness, it might be for your own soul. Please don't worry about the person next to you, yeah? They're not the ones that you're going to stand with when you go to heaven. Yeah, they're not the ones that are going to speak on your behalf. This is about your walk and your life and your relationship with Father. You're the one that He wants to propel from glory to glory and strength to strength. You're the one that He wants to heal you from the inside out. Yeah? So if today's the day where you need to fall at His feet, then today's the day to do it. Let's sing, Sal. And if that's you, you come.